You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, The Hangover. Friday. In the evening, I lately find myself coming home from work and spending long stretches of time leaning against the refrigerator, just thinking, or more precisely, worrying, about all the things I need to get done over the course of the coming week. The hum and the proximity of food helps calm me. What are you doing? My daughter Zuzu asks, walking into the kitchen for a glass of water. Having myself a good lean, I say. You look like a big refrigerator magnet, she says. The simile is apt. I am like a big refrigerator magnet, holding up an even bigger to-do list. The list is too big for my meager powers of quote-unquote magnetism, and so I am quote-unquote sliding down the length of the refrigerator towards the ground. Suzu needs ice, so I demagnetize myself and move over to the couch to see what's on TV. Saturday. I go out for a sub, and as usual, I order the 12-incher. My intention is always the same, to eat half and save the other half for tomorrow's lunch. But after the first half, I always blow the plan by eating the whole thing. I know that if I can just wait five minutes after that first six inches, I could pull it off. But those first five minutes are a most difficult five minutes. And so I attempt to ride them out by looking away from the sandwich and out the window of the restaurant. As I look out onto the night streets, I think back upon sandwiches past. The time I bit my tongue while eating a meatball sub. The open-faced tuna sandwich I once sat on at a shiva house. After five minutes of these reminiscences, I stop myself and look down at the last half. Giving in, I pick it up and bite into it. I feel that somehow, over the course of my life, I have earned this second half. And as always, it proves to be just as good as the first. Tuesday. Zuzu comes into the kitchen for breakfast. Look, I say, I went out early and bought you raisin bread. I hate raisin bread, she says. You love raisin bread, I remind her. Maybe when I was four years old, she says. And the next thing I know, I'm picking raisins out of bread. It is a slow, undignified process. When I'm done, I search through the refrigerator for some cream cheese to spread on the bread. And when I turn back around... I see that Zuzu is eating the discarded raisins. I stare at her in disbelief and betrayal. I like raisins and I like bread, she explains. Just not raisin bread. If Zuzu had been present at the great Reese's peanut butter chocolate collision of 1928, she would have stood on the sidelines, a look of horror on her face. The humanity, she'd have said. Wednesday. I'm talking on the phone with the novelist and essayist Philip Lopate. We're discussing a possible radio interview for the show. He has an essay called Against Joie de Vivre that I want to talk to him about. He is depressed by Joie de Vivre and thinks it's a scam. He says that he just doesn't get a lot of what people do these days in general. Everyone's so worried about what they eat and how much they exercise, he says. The way we care for ourselves. It's like we've all become our own babies. 
On the way home, I think about Mr. Lopate's words and decide to stop by the liquor store for a bottle of whiskey. At home, I will lie on the couch in my bathrobe and drink. For this evening, at least, I have decided to treat myself not like my own baby, but like my own grandfather, my own drunk and crotchety grandfather, a man of a bygone era who gets happy when you sneak a bottle of booze for him into the rest home. Yes, tonight it feels as though the only way I can prove to myself that I am in possession of free will is to get good and royally drunk. The idea comes on suddenly, and it strikes me as a good one. It's ten o'clock at night by the time I return home. I'm tired, and I know I won't be able to stay up for more than another hour. But the moment I walk through the door, I hit the sauce. I'm not much of a drinker, but I've always wanted to have at least one night where I get drunk Russian novel style, like Dmitri Karamazov, squandering the family fortune on women, food, and excess, truly casting everything to the wind, a real go up on the roof and pitch beer bottles at the moon drunk. But my sense of self-restraint always wins out in the end. I think that this might finally be the night, but after two shots of whiskey, that's what I am always prone to think. And that thought is pretty quickly followed by a second thought, and that thought is, I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I'm sitting on the living room couch, but I imagine lying in the middle of the kitchen floor and pulling the refrigerator onto myself. I imagine doing a handstand on the coffee table. The night feels filled with potential, potentially life-threatening ideas and other forms of drunken promise. I look at my glass, actually an old mustard jar. Still full of whiskey, and I think of how sick it might make me the next morning if I polish it off. And so I get up, pour it down the sink, and I set off to bed, just like I always do. But to convince myself that I am not an automaton, a robotic factotum, that I still possess the ability to surprise myself and perhaps even God, I decide to go back to the cupboard and have one last shot. As I drift off to sleep, I feel pleasantly at peace. Never giving a second thought to the possibility, I have to confront that big payback known as the hangover. Hello. Hey, hey, John. Howard. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Can you Howard. hear me, all right? Yes, I hear you. I got electric fire going here. Cutting down some drywall. Uh, Howard, listen. I got a question for you. Can I call you back? I, yeah. I've got a headache. I'm trying to put my boots on. I got the, the nice construction boots for my construction work. With a steel toe, John. Which sock is the left sock? Which sock is the right sock? Howard, listen. It doesn't. Is there a difference? I, I, I'm kind of hungover, okay? And and my head is just throbbing. Oh, I, let me shut down the sock. I couldn't hear you too good. You what? I, I'm I'm sort of hungover. You're hungover again. What do you mean again? I'm I'm. I, it's very rare that this happens to me, and I'm just. I'm not, I'm not the wordsmith, but just so you know, rare. Is something that doesn't occur often, Howard. And you're look, being hungover is not exactly a rare occurrence. Howard, yeah, frequent would be a word. Maybe that'd be more appropriate. I don't drink often for well, precisely this reason because I don't have much tolerance. You feel nauseous. You feel a bit nauseous, like queasy, like the boat is rocking. Yes, it's rocking very much, rocking left and right. All right, Howard. I'm sort of glad that you called. I, I need you to do something for me. What? Could you just? Take it down a notch, and and would you just please bring me over some aspirin? Well, how are you feeling? Like your head hurts? My head is just pounding. Like does this hurt if I talk this loud? Y yes, hurts? it does, Howard. How about high pitch? Does that hurt?
You know, Howard, I'm too sick right now to deal with this. You're I, drunk. That's why. I'm not drunk. drunk. I'm, I'm. You need me to bring you aspirin because of your own poor judgment. Howard, I don't need a lecture right now. Okay, can you do it? I or... can't even talk loud. Stop it, please. See, it affects my life. They say when alcohol, you know, and drugs, when they start oh, affecting God. the lives of those around you, that's when there's a problem. You're forcing me to tiptoe around you and change who I am. I can't change who I am, but you can change who you are. Uh-huh. Right. I will bring you the aspirin that you so desperately need. Okay, good. Just come over. Thank you. I'm here as your friend to bail you out of a jam. I... No matter how stubborn and pig-headed you are, I'm here to help you. But you, sir, will listen to what I have to say. Do we understand each other? Do we understand each other? Just, just Howard, yes, make it quick, okay? Now that you're feeling low and dispirited, that is the time to strike. No, that is not the time. My sensei told me. You attack a weak victim. You do not attack a strong person. Why am I your victim? You're not my victim. You're your victim, Jonathan. So, so what happened? What happened? Did you wake up like naked in the back of a cop car? I didn't. I was, I was at a fundraiser. You try to put the fun in the fundraiser, John. I don't. Lucky for you, Howard Chakwitz has several hangover cures. You, no, I don't want your help. Okay, just please run some aspirin over. I'm, I'm... I will bring the aspirins, but all these little helpful hints for the hangover will help. What is wrong with you? That was alliteration, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I know what it is. Okay. Just try to get your mind sharp. Okay, first of all, let me tell you a little secret. Okay, I'm going to pass you the, the Chaclitz family secret hangover recipe. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just get close to the phone. I'm going to whisper this. Why? I just want to make sure that nobody hears this. Well, who's going to hear this it? This is how it was told to me. Uh-huh. My father's father, my father's okay. father's father. all right. Father. What is it? Can you hear me? Yes. Get a little closer. Mm-hmm. Here. Are you crazy? Get it out, please. Why would you do something like that? This is part of it. This is part of it. How is that part of it? You almost broke my eardrum. I'm trying to get your blood circulating. This is part of the hangover cure. How? 40 years ago, they didn't have smoke detectors. My grandmother had to bang a kettle with a spoon. It's just to get you shocked, get your system going. Okay, don't you feel a little alive now? You feel a little better? Okay, you should smoke an entire pack of cigarettes. Oh, God. Why? Toxin kills toxin. Preferably something without filter. Oh, Howard, just the idea of it is nauseating. After that pack of cigarettes, you're going to feel so sick that you're not even going to think about the hangover. Everything you're suggesting is just designed to make me feel worse. No, these are tried and true hanged over recipes. And not everything that we do is going to be tasty or feel good. You've done some serious damage to yourself, and now you have to pay for it. You, you are just, you love this. You're just gloating. Right now, you're feeling swishy and sick and nauseous and fragile. Howard, I'm going to hang up on you. No, no, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Just hang on. I have aspirin to bring to you. Aspirin, here to make you feel better. Make the headache go away. You have a real sadistic side, don't you? What did you, I'm just trying to help you, Jonathan. You're not trying to, you're making me feel worse. This is for the strong to take care of the weak, Jonathan, and you are ever so weak. And I'm ever so strong right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have a, a nice tea, like a, like an herbal tea, a tisane? I do. I, I, okay, yeah, give yourself a nice some, mellow yeah. tea, something, you know, chamomile, and don't make it the water too hot. Nice tepid, lukewarm right. water, okay. you know. That... Boil it down, let it mm-hmm. get down. Yeah. Let the tea bag steep. Okay, and maybe a little bit of honeyed taste. Okay, the, the soothing is good for the throat. Mm-hmm. Then, at the end, once you find this to your taste, Drop in a chunk of curdled milk. How? And that's going to absorb all the toxins, oh, all the oh. alcohol. Some people put in, you know, a raw egg, Rocky style. You know, you're sick. You know that? I mean, really. No, you're sick. That's why you're calling me for aspirin. You're a drinker and a drunkard. You're drunkity drunk, drunky drunk. And I'm a teetotaling teetotaler. Can you just please? I can't leave the house. I'm, I'm dizzy. I'm nauseous. Okay, you know what? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring in the aspirin, but I'm gonna bring it Howard style, okay? I'm gonna make you another one of my little favorite. I'm gonna put the aspirin in here. It's a bit of water. Okay, orange juice and some maple syrup and some salt to get your electrolytes back. And then I'm gonna just put this all here in the blender. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, let's move it longer. It's like you got the phone in there. Hang on, it's gonna change speed. You alright, Dick Dog? I'm great. Hey, doesn't the blender remind you we will rock you? There we go. How do you feel, okay? Do you know who you remind me of? Who? You, you ever seen One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah. You remind me of Nurse Ratched. I'm Nurse Ratched. You're, you're a sadist posing as a caregiver. See, I kind of see myself as more as the big chief smothering you with the pillow, but for your own good, because you've just been lobotomized. But instead of being lobotomized by an institution, you're lobotomized by your own problem with the bottle. Lobotomized, one might say. Could you just get over here, please? Okay, I'll bring the aspirin. Because you got to have friends. La, 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 Howard. la, 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 la. Come on, John. Because you got to have friends. La, la, just, la, please, la, Howard, la, just la, get... la, la, friends. Howard. Okay, I'm leaving now. Bye. just got this hangover that just won't quit. It's like it, the whole day has just been a, a complete write-off. I just feel like I'm just never going to drink again. Well, are, are you feeling, what, headachey or something? Or Yeah, and just really kind of uh, nauseous. And Did you, before you went to bed, did you drink a lot of water and take some aspirin? I, I, I didn't have any aspirin, no. Oh, no, no, that's absolutely key because I think you're actually taking away the wrong lesson. Meaning what? Which is I don't think that you should never drink again. I think that drinking can really be an extraordinarily liberating, creative thing. You think so? I am never particularly charming when I'm completely stone-cold sober, because I'm a little shy. But when I've had a few drinks in me, something just blooms forth. There's a kind of a flowering. I mean, you sure that isn't just sort of like a little bit of a crutch? Oh, no, it's a definite crutch, but it's a completely proven successful crutch for me. Huh. I've, I've never gone to a job interview without a few drinks in me. Are you kidding? No, I'm totally... To a job interview? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not talking about, like, getting together... No, no, like, a, like please come to our offices at 9.30 with a resume. In the 9.30 in the morning, like... I don't drink normally at 9.30 in the morning. But in the way that you would use deodorant, it's like that kind of... You know what I mean? It's, it's a hygiene ritual, almost, if I'm going into a job interview. Wow. So you're talking, like, clean shirt, brush your hair, brush your teeth shot at Jack Daniels. I, I prefer gin. Like, uh, say, a little eight-ounce juice glass of gin. But you've, you've done this, and you've walked out of job interviews having done well and y getting the job? Well, let me answer your question with a question. Do you think that that's the only metric by which one would deem a job interview successful? Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the pinnacle of success, getting, getting the actual job that you're interviewing for. Well, pinnacle, sure. But, what I mean, are there no crags or outcroppings on that mountain before the summit that might well, still be characterizable by you as a success? Well, what are you talking about? Like, if they were to keep your resume on file? Yeah, exactly. Keep your resume on file, or if they liked you, if they thought, hey, this seems like a nice guy, or, you know. Uh-huh, right. Even something as basic as no angry feedback to the person who 
introduce you to these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't, oh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. What? I just, I'm, I'm taking in what you're telling me. You're right. Look, I haven't gotten every job. But uh, it's a strategy that is very effective for me, and in fact, it's a strategy I'm about to employ again. Well, you got a job interview coming up? Yeah, it's um, like a librarian at a photography archive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a nice, quiet job where one could, you know, essentially grow old. Yeah. And truthfully, I don't trust myself as I am now to be the best representative of what I know I could bring to this job. By which you mean sober? Yeah, this is going to require, you know, like a 10 or 11 ouncer. Of, of gin? Yeah, I really don't want to go in unprepared. Hey, would you want to actually put this theory of yours to the test, where we would do sort of like a dry run at your job interview? With you right now? Yeah. I, I could play the part of your employer in this way. You could sort of hone your chops. Okay, fine. In fact, I, I mean, I can actually, I'm, 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 uh, I'm sitting here in the studio. I mean, it wouldn't be hard for me to even record it, you know, so that I could play it for you. And then, you know, maybe it could be a teaching tool. Maybe a teaching, a, a teaching tool for you, maybe. I don't need teaching. As a controlled experiment. I mean, maybe it would be interesting you know, but for you. But we're going to do, do a controlled experiment, but I, I want it to go on record mm-hmm. that I know what you're doing. Okay? What am I doing? So you're being really, really judgmental. No, I... You know me better than I know myself. Well, no, it's, it's, look, look, we can totally do this if only to prove to you that drinking isn't bad for every... You know, that, that it works for me. I, well, you know... As, as God is my witness, it, it's going to work for me at this photography archive. Yeah? Let's do it. All right, fine. Okay, what do we do? A dry run, and then and then I'll have my gin, and then you'll call me back? Is that how we do it? Yes. Okay, so t- I'm going to just uh, roll the tape here, okay? Okay. So go ahead. You're walking into the room. Uh, hello. How are you? Thank you for seeing me. Thank- thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. So how did, how did you find out about this posting? Uh, there was a, there was a, um, a listing on the, uh, pardon me, on the university uh, website in the... Um, Department of Photography. <sighs> okay, right. I saw it on... I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Really? I mean, even to just make believe like that? It gets you this uptight? See, this is what happens. Would you, it's you... kind of problematic, and I need a little bit of help sometimes. Okay, look, you go drink your gin, and uh, what do you want me to call you back in, like, 15 minutes? Um, give me half an hour. A half an hour? Yeah. All right. Okay, bye. Hello, Ian. Mm-hmm. Ha- okay, you 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 ready? Uh... Yeah, I was just finishing up. Okay, all right. Well, you feeling loose? I'm uh, feeling okay. Yeah. Uh, hello. All right, um, Ian. Uh, have a seat. Come into my office. Thank you very much. And how did you find out about this posting? I found out about it from the university website in the Department of Photography. Oh. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, uh, do do you have a passion for photography? I have a total passion for photography. Oh, really? What what photographers are you fond of? I like very much Cartier Bresson, and uh, oh. I have a particular passion for Ansel Adams and uh, Eisenstadt. No, what's his name? I'm George not... O'Keefe's boyfriend. What was his name? I'm was not that Eisenstadt. I can't remember. A lot of this job is going to uh, is is going to involve uh, working on your own. Are you are you okay love it. with? Love it. Yeah. Love working on my own. Total self starter. How are your organizational skills? Awesome. Awesome. 
When you say awesome, had uh, what part of awesome don't you understand? Well, uh, I'm, what experience do you have with this kind of work? Well, I'm a grown-up, and I pay my bills on time, and I'm organized, and I got here on time. And right, but this is this is very exacting work that that requires very fine, meticulous fine, organizational. Fine, fine. What do you want me to say? I sorted diamonds in in the Netherlands by cut and clarity. I mean, what do you want me to say? That was stupid. I'm sorry. You know what it is? We waited too long. I'm sober again now. I'm nervous. I, you, 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 it, it all burned off with the adrenaline. I'm, I'm, I need a little top-up, and um, just call me back in, like, 15, yeah? All right, fine. I'll call you back in 15. Okay, bye. Who is this? It's Jonathan calling you back for the job interview. Oh, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Ian, what would you describe as your your most problematic areas as an employee? I'm not I'm not aware of any problems. I mean, not not. All, all right, all right, fine. Um, uh, I have to tell you, you know, thank God you're not running the archive because, truthfully, I wouldn't even take the job if you were running the archive. Hey, hey, what? I am charm in a bottle at a job interview. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove it to you. I, I just need a little. Um, you, I need another drink. So you call me back and. You need another drink. Shut up. I am the best candidate, and if you hire me, I'll take you on a candy date. What you doing with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk? My humps, my humps, my lovely lady humps. What else have you got in your trunk? I've got a jack in case you get a flat tire. A flat tire, a flat tire. My lovely... You want a radio show? I'll pitch you a radio show. We're not talking about a radio show. Well, I can't change the subject? Okay. King uh, Jonathan? All right, Ian. You, I'll tell you, you what, a, what, a, what, a, what a radio show ought to be called. Wire Crap. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay, no, Ian. it's not okay. Ian, I know you don't mean it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why these things come out. Uh, I want to cut them out of me with a knife. Oh, God. All right, Ian. This job interview's over. Can I get it? Ian, just get some sleep, okay? And I'm putting the tape of this conversation in the mail, and I want you to listen to it, okay? I also have proficient French, and I can do a spreadsheet. Friday. It's around 10 o'clock when I get home from work. It's been a rough week, and I need to unwind. I walk into the kitchen and look through the cupboard. Rum, scotch, vodka. Maybe a little nip would be nice. Even me out. The clink of the ice in a highball is truly the sound of civilization. I look at the bottles and think of the possibilities. Brandy Alexanders, salty dogs, screwdrivers, hangovers. Hangovers. Otto Rank once described death as paying the bill for the meal of life. And if that's the case, then the hangover is like paying the bill for the meal of a lot of booze. 
A hangover is sometimes worth it, but oftentimes it means missing out on the morning. And tomorrow morning, I'm supposed to go out to a matinee with Zuzu. Some movie about a fancy chihuahua that wears mink coats or something. I'm going to wake up, make her breakfast, maybe some toast, some raisinless toast, and then we're going to head out and try to get an early start on the day. And so I open the refrigerator, pull out some chocolate soy milk, and pour myself a mustard jar full. I raise the jar in the air, in a toast. It is to the refrigerator. It is to me, and it is also to those not there. It is to the weekend. It is a toast that men have made for hundreds of years, with a single, simple, solemn benediction. L'chaim. And it is a toast to life. I drink to drive away all the years I have hated, the ambitions frustrated that no longer survive. I drink the after day to the chaos behind me. Yes, I drink to remind me that I stay I'm alive. So I give you a toast to the endless confusions, to the lies and delusions that have swallowed my life. Yes, I give you a toast to the wine and the roses, to the deadly cirrhosis that can cut like a knife. I drink to catch a gleam of the love we degraded. Of a light that has faded like the vanishing moon. On Wiretap Today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, author of Howie Action Comics, and David Rakoff, author of Don't Get Too Comfortable. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Bertwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us to our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. What you gonna do with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk? I'ma get, 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 get you drunk, get you love drunk off my hump. What you doing with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk? The junk. Go into the landfill. We're all just going to choke in garbage. I don't even know anymore. <laughs>